and welcome to Run the Table. I'm your host, Bryce Tinson. Over at How You Doing? I'm doing very good. Very we, good. We are we are back on on uh, on the YouTube on the video. We had we tried the GoPro. We did. It didn't work. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna have the to do uploading. some more. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some more tinkering with it. The side note is is that the camera quality for that is really good. So if we can get it to work, yeah, then it's probably what we're gonna use to film in the future. It's just about getting the uploading to be a little bit more efficient. Now, with that being said. We got some picks to make, right? Mm. So it's a pretty decent week in college football. We only got three ranked matchups, I believe. Um, so nothing too special. We're doing our first group of five game of the year. Uh, I don't know how many did we, we did last year, but we got we got UCF to lane this week, so that's a pretty big one. NFL, there's some decent games, but once again, NFL slate is kind of bad, and I think that's that has to do with a lot of teams being just around 500. Yep. Um, so last week I went one and five in both college and NFL over. It was three and three in college. Mike was also three and three. Um, I'm 31, 35 and three in college football. I think this is the first time, um, outside of like week ones that I am under 500 in college football, uh, even dating back to last year, very, very poor showing for me so far this season. Um, Obert's now 14 games up 40, 26 and three. Uh, Mike is 26, 32 and three underdog wise. I hit on Liberty, got three points there. I'm now, uh, I got 12 points on the season. Mike has 10, uh, in second place and Obert's got six. Um, he just hasn't found his Fresno state. That's, that's really what it yep. is. You didn't, you haven't found your Fresno state. So, uh, you want to just hop right into the first game. Number seven, LSU traveling to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. The uh, LSU Razorbacks, or the LSU, the LSU Tigers are four-point favorites. I forgot to change the document. Three and a half now. Three and a half now. Interesting. Okay. That line was started at three, moved to four, now three and a half over. What do you think about this game? Um, obviously, you know, anybody, everybody who's, you know, on the outside looking into this game is like, are you kidding me? This has got <laughs> to be probably the most jaw-dropping line in... I don't know, three or four weeks, long time um, that I can remember. But um, it feels like LSU should be a 10-point favorite, 11-point favorite. I mean, Arkansas this whole year, we've been doing a pretty good job of paying attention to them. Uh, it's been ebbs and flows yeah. and ups and downs. And their highest highs really aren't that high. No. I mean, maybe a win against BYU pretty handedly. I feel like we say showing. that for like four different teams, that their best win, BYU. It's like, uh, exactly. Oh. Um at Auburn, they looked okay, two touchdown win, but most of their schedule has been losing games to teams that you would expect them to beat, quite frankly. A&M, that was a loss. In retrospect, that looks like a bad loss. Uh, Alabama was close for a half a second and then wasn't yep. the rest of the game. Uh, Mississippi State was an absolute bloodbath. And uh, this past week, Liberty. I think what's happening is... There's going to be a bit of a reaction to the fact that all of these ranked teams, especially top 10 teams, are losing on the road. And that is probably part of what's influencing this line, influencing this line, along with obviously the come down and, you know, overall trap game that is, oh, you just played Bama. But um, I think really when I think about this game, it the only thing that matters to me is do I think LSU is real or not? And if so, if they are real, they're going to come into this game, take it seriously, and beat the piss out of Arkansas. And quite frankly, you know, when we have these trap game scenarios, it comes down to coaching. And we've seen with Brian Kelly over and over and over again, he gets the job done in these sorts of games. So 
We'll see how it goes for them. The only bad loss LSU's had all year is Florida State week one when they really couldn't piece anything together offensively for the majority of that game. Now they are a perfect flowing machine. I believe in LSU. I don't believe in Arkansas. And folks, I get it's tough to win on the road. You know who just did it? Liberty against Arkansas. So (laughs) I'm not really too worried about it. Uh, Obviously a trap game. It's not really a night game. That doesn't really bother me. Too much. So, well, um, it's in Arkansas, so yeah, it's kind of kind of a night game with the earlier with the early. Oh, it's a noon game. Yeah. I thought this was a yeah. Okay, I thought it was something. a three thirty game. CBS. So by the end of it, it would be it would be nighttime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> daylight savings. Right? <laughs> Does that do anything for you? Um, I'm going with Arkansas. Why? Um, I think this is a spot for LSU. It's not so much a trap game in the sense that. Look ahead. They're, they really don't have anything to look ahead to. It's Arkansas, UAB, Texas A&M. Like, those teams aren't on the level of LSU. But you're talking about a program-changing win that they just had over Alabama. And I think that being at home and then having to go on the road to, you know, little old podunk Fayetteville, Arkansas, I think podunk. it's going to – it's a noon game. I think it's kind of a spot where LSU doesn't come out ready to play. And I think that Arkansas is – a good team. I, I think they've struggled this year because their defense hasn't pieced it together. Their defense has been bad for the entire season. They have the pieces offensively. They're missing Traylon Burks big time. That's obvious. But KJ Jefferson is, Jefferson is still a, a good playmaker. They have Raheem Sanders. Liberty did a great job limiting them last week. I don't know if LSU's defense is going to be able to limit them like the Liberty defense did. We'll see. But I would imagine that Arkansas is going to come out firing after that loss. I don't know how much the home crowd is going to play into effect because they're not very good this year. <laughs> um, so I don't know if the, if the Arkansas faithful are going to show out for this game. It is a ranked opponent, so you never really know. I like LSU. I like Brian Kelly this year. He's done a fantastic job. I should say, I like. Uh, I think he's doing a great job. I don't like Brian Kelly. Um, I don't <laughs> want people to think I do. Um, but I just think this spot, it, it, it kind of, it feels like, hey, in Vegas kind of is giving off this feel too. You just beat Alabama uh, off of a two-point conversion. This is maybe a come-down-to-earth come spot. Like, not so much that this is their level, but... You know, you were all the way up here. Now you're going to fall back to the median a little bit, and it's going to leave a room for Arkansas, who, if they play their best game, can win this. Can win this one. Um, so I'm going to go with them. I haven't been great this year, um, so I just need I just need some of these some of these you know ones that I throw out there. It's like I need one of these to hit. I don't object to the pick because I think there's a very real possibility LSU loses this game, but. Do you think LSU is frauds? No, I don't. I think I think they're too good offensively at what they do best, which is running the football, yep. to be frauds. Like you talk about Jaden Daniels' efficiency on the ground. I think he's the most efficient rushing quarterback in college football. Yep. That you don't do that by mistake. You don't do that by being a bad team. I think they are very much a good team. They're starting to figure it out offensively. And as long as their defense can contain two guys on Arkansas, I think they win this game. I just think that it's going to be about whether or not this practice practice this week they're locked in. Yep. It, that's really just what it's going to be about. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on them having a little bit of a letdown spot uh, and Arkansas playing their best game because basically all they can do right now is play spoiler. So uh, and I think this is their last big game if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Probably. Um, so this is really their their last chance to play spoiler. So we'll see. Next game. Staying in the SEC, number six, Alabama, 12-point favorites on the road 
uh, taking on the Ole Miss fighting, fighting Rebels uh, uh, in Oxford, Mississippi. Number nine, right? Nine now, yeah. I don't know why I put six. Whatever. Number nine. The nine Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm, I'm going to start calling them fighting the Rebs. The fighting Rebs. How about that? Um, Mississippi. The Mississippi fighting Rebs. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah uh, Mississippi University or University of Mississippi. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this game? Give me your thoughts. Um, I'm thinking Ole Miss. Um, I don't think they win this game, but I think they keep it close enough. Last year I watched the Alabama Ole Miss game and I thought, okay, Ole Miss, they scored too many points. If you're going to beat <laughs> yes. Alabama, you need to keep it a sort of... Unless you're Tennessee. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you need to keep it a sort of, um, you know, first off with Tennessee, I just think Tennessee's more talented. But No, I agree um, with you. I, I was just saying, like, this. I think that, that might be, like, the first time we've seen yeah. in SEC play that a team is actually more talented than Alabama since the LSU team. Yeah. Um, and I thought that, you know, really to beat Alabama, you kind of had to do what LSU did last week, which is, hey, we're going to keep this a low-scoring, closer game. Texas A&M did this, you know, uh, a year ago, too, at Texas A&M. It was like, you're not going to get a lot of possessions, and we're just going to keep this kind of a, you know, one play can change this game, see if we can get lucky. But in reality, truth is, Alabama's not that good this year. And you don't really need to get lucky to beat this Alabama team. I'm not saying Ole Miss will, but I think that playing that style against Alabama this year, you can beat them. And with how good Ole Miss is um, typically at throwing the football, they can be dangerous. And we saw on the ground, LSU, they didn't get shut down by Alabama, especially not in the second half. First half, it was a little bit difficult. They only scored seven points. But remainder of the game, they were really able to run the football, and that helped them score points later in the game. Good news is Ole Miss can run the football. Um, So it it will be probably more difficult. Like, I think if last year's Ole Miss team plays this year's Alabama team, Ole Miss probably wins this game. Um, but with this Ole Miss team and it's Jackson Dart and you still kind of have questions about him in big games, um, this will be a very difficult one for them to win. But I think they keep this sort of game as a 30-21 sort of, you know, closer uh, running you know, sort of low-scoring game. And honestly, you look back at Alabama's past few offensive performances, what is their best? Putting up 30 at Mississippi State, I guess, or uh, no, at home against Mississippi State. Uh, It took overtime for them to score 31 points against LSU. I don't know. I I just don't think, A, their offense is that good for them to hit this sort of minus 12 number. And I think defensively, they have a few gaping holes that have been exploited in different times this year. And most importantly, they're not disciplined. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So I think Alabama wins probably by seven. I'm going with LSU, and I think there's a legitimate shot they win. Why do I keep doing this? Ole Miss. (laughs) Ole Miss, and I think there's a legitimate shot they win because – what what Ole Miss does well, and this is where where I had LSU in the in the mind, is what LSU kind of did well. They ran the football for 185 yards and were efficient while doing so. Jackson Dart isn't Jaden Daniels. Don't don't get that twisted. Mm-mm. He is mobile though. He might not be the most athletic quarterback, but he's got some he's got some shake and bake to him. Um, but what is what does Ole Miss have that LSU didn't? 
two dynamic running backs that that Alabama's going to have to stop both of them and Quinshawn uh, Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans. I mean, they, they, you talk uh, Zach Evans didn't have a huge game against A and M, but Quinshawn went for two hundred and five yards, and then against Auburn, both of them had one hundred and twenty five yards. Like it was, they both had twenty plus carries. It was they're very very good at distributing the ball to two playmakers. That if you put it's it's kind of like the situation that Michigan has Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm. You put you put Donovan Edwards on any other team, and he's probably starting. You put Zach Evans on any other team, or Quinshawn Junkins on any other team, and they're probably starting too. They got two. I, I, what's the um, the Doke Walker? They got two Walker candidates on their team, and, and there's maybe one other team in the country that can say that, and it's Michigan. Uh, Alabama struggled to stop the run. the The problem is, is that Jaden Daniels can make those throws when he needs to, and he did. I don't know if Jackson Dart can. Um, he wasn't great at USC. He hasn't been great this year. That's where I think it's going to get a little shaky. Can Jackson Dart make those big time throws, those big boy throws? Probably not, which is why I think Alabama can st- is still going to be able to pull this one out. But I think it's probably going to be like a three-point game. Ole Miss is going to be in this one. Like you said, they limit possessions. They run the ball. Like, this isn't a Lane Kiffin team. Like, they, this Mm-mm. is not a Lane nope. Kiffin team. They don't throw the ball. They, they are ground and pound, down your throat all game long. There's a reason why when they played Texas A&M, they only won 30 to 20, 31 to 28. It's because they limited the possessions. They were scoring uh, perfectly fine. I, I, I don't know the exact Correct. points yeah. per drive, but... Points per drive was probably, you know, sitting around three points uh, or three, four points. Um, So you just, you have to score against Ole Miss. And like you mentioned, I don't know if the Alabama offense is good enough to just go get points like it used to. Um, There's no wide receivers on this team that can separate really well. Uh, Bryce Young's basically having to do it uh, on his own with a a shaky offensive line. They don't run the ball enough. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is very capable of doing it. We've seen it. They just don't do it enough. So uh, with that being said, I think I think Ole Miss can win it. I'm not going to predict them to, but I think they absolutely will cover. I would I would be surprised if they didn't. Next game, number 22 UCF taking on Tulane. They play. They're um, from New Orleans, right? Tulane, yeah. Going. They're going to. Uh, uh, what, oh, what's. Oh, no. The Big Easy? The Big the Easy, there it is. I was I was going to say the Speakeasy, and I was like, nope, that's not what it is. <laughs> the Big Easy, Tulane is one-and-a-half-point favorites. This is essentially for a spot in the American Championship game. Uh, they play at Yolman Stadium now. Yolman. They don't play at the Superdome anymore, I guess. That's not as cool. Um, this is this is for a spot for the, in the ACC championship, or AAC Championship game. So a lot on the line here. Uh, game day is going to or no, game day is going to, uh, to, uh, to Austin, right? Yep. Um, yes. Josh Pate's going to be at this one. That's what it was. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic environment. Uh, this is just an overall fun game. Give me your thoughts on it. Uh, I'm taking Central Florida. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and the pretend. The bus? Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm the American Athletic Football Conference you know, expert. But I, I'll tell you what I do know about UCF. Uh Gus Malzahn's a big game coach, and I trust him in big games, man. You saw it at Auburn. Whenever they needed a really big win, he beat Nick Saban at that time as much as anybody. Yep. And Nick Saban, for the most part, was untouchable at that time. So, um, you know, I do trust him in big games. We saw it against Cincinnati. Um, they pretty much dominated that game, even though it was close towards the end. Um, that was one of their only games I've actually seen. Um but I think their defense is actually very good this year, and um, I wonder how much Tulane will be, you know, able to move the football. Uh, Kansas State game was a good win for them, but 
I think they're a bit fraudulent, Tulane. You look at, you know, kind of their schedule this year, there's a reason they're, you know, only one-and-a-half-point favorites at home, even though they're the higher-ranked team. Um, it's a lot of close wins, a lot of close wins. And they really haven't played the premier teams yeah. and programs within the uh, like American Memphis Athletic. is probably the Yeah, the, the best, best team one. they've played, and they're 2-4. and four. So I I hate kind of throwing around that fraudulent word, especially for a team that's, what, 7-8-1. and one. But eight and one, yeah. uh, it's a lot of close games, and now they're going to play a very eight eight real one. Central Florida team whose only losses are to Louisville. I forget actually who the uh, – do you know who the other one is? Forget. But, it was in conference. Um, I'll look. So we'll see how it goes, but I think Tulane – it's been a bunch of weak teams within the American. Um, like you said, I – yeah, probably Houston. the best team they've played so far in conference. Oh, it was ECU. That's right, because I picked them that week. Yeah, is ECU. Oh, that beat UCF. That's yeah. right. Uh, but yeah, no, for real, the best team they've probably played so far in conference is either ECU or Houston. So uh, I don't know. Don't have a lot of faith in Tulane, and I do have a lot of faith in uh, Gus Malzahn in big games. So give me the uh, Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a team that was just housing opponents at the start of the season outside of obviously Louisville, but they were just destroying teams. I see that, or you bring it up to me, I'm like, yes, let me go. Let me pick <laughs> them against ECU, five-point favorites on the road at ECU. They lose that game by 21. I was like, oh, yikes. That's not a good, that's not a, that's not a very good performance. Um, it, might not have, it might not have been 21. I think it was 21. I think it was 34-13. Um, and then they play Cincinnati, win that game by three, right? 25-22. What was the final? 21. doesn't matter. Okay. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go with Tulane. They're hot right now. Uh, their only loss was following the K-State game. Letdown spot. Letdown spot. Um, I just think that being at home is going to be huge for them. Uh, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about some of the best fans in all of sports in, in those New Orleans faithful. Mm. I don't know how many of them actually care about Tulane football. That's the thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, they're probably all LSU fans. But you would have to imagine that there's some sort of dynamic there. It could be like a, um, you know, your, your Ohio people who are mm. who like the Ohio Bobcats, but are ultimately Ohio State fans. But like, yeah. if, if the Bobcats are good, they're going to show up. They're going to show Absolutely. up to the stadium. And, and that's kind of the feel I'm, gonna, I'm getting from this, this team this year. I don't know if they're. I don't know how good this new Tulane team actually is because basically everything we think about them is from Kansas State, and Kansas State hasn't looked great as of late. Um, I think it was. Just, they, I think they just caught K State at a bad time. To be quite honest with you, I'm still going to go with them. I don't know enough about these two teams. All I know is John Reese Plumley is the starting quarterback for UCF, former Ole Miss quarterback. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take the home team in this one. One and a half points. John I'm Reece, picking a winner. John Reese Plumley. He sounds like he's Moxie. <laughs> Next game, number 25, Washington taking on number six, Oregon, traveling to Eugene. The Ducks are 13 point favorites. Over, this is kind of a crazy line. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, you nailed it. Uh, definitely a crazy line. It was like, hey, man, I dare you to take Washington. I'm not taking the bait, not because I think it's sneaky or like, oh, they know something. I don't really care. But what I do care about is probably the Eh, top five, maybe even top three, toughest stadium to win in in yeah, college football. It is unbelievable. Um, we saw it against UCLA in a game where I thought UCLA was probably the better team. And A, I think Oregon's just fantastic. They're slaughtering teams yep. in the Pac-12 this year. It really hasn't been close. Uh, ever since that Georgia game when it was new coach and everything new. You're playing the best team in the country. Yeah. They have obliterated teams, especially at home. 
the thing is this. Washington, they're sneaky, right? They're 7-2. and two. Um, They clearly have talent, and they clearly have skill. But it's probably the most seven, uh, fraudulent 7-2 and two, uh, team in the country. Again, throwing around the fraudulent word. Sorry, I have to. Uh, you have to. Absolutely. Have to. Sorry. We talk about it all the time. Their wins, folks. Their wins. Oregon State. Oregon State, at, who is 3-5 and five and 500 in conference. At Cal, 1-5 and five in conference. Uh, Arizona, 1-5 and five in conference. Lost to Arizona State, who's 2-4 and four in conference. They're, uh, one of their two wins is to Washington. Uh, That's a team that also lost to Eastern. Lost to at that. UCLA. They were down by 24 in that game. Cut it down to 8, so... Take that what you will. Um, you told me, because you watched that game, you told me they looked better in the second half. They did look better in the second half, I guess. But 16 points, uh, it was 40-16. Eh. <laughs> um, Stanford, that's their other win, who was 1-6 in conference. I'm not kidding, folks. And Michigan State. And Michigan State, who at the time was playing their worst college football ever. Uh, they were the 11th ranked team in the country, but they were playing awful. Yeah, they were not playing um, good ball. So, I don't know. I think Washington, they pass the ball well. Uh, offense is a bit dynamic, but UCLA's offense was dynamic. We saw what happened. Yep. Onyx is for real this year, folks. I don't know what you want me to say. I think he probably should get drafted. Um, I do. And I think this Oregon team is going to be a very tough team to shut down, especially when they're more talented than the other team. And this is one of those instances. I kind of felt like that with UCLA, too, like it was close. I think the only teams USC. that have an actual chance of beating them in the Pac-12 are USC and um, Utah, just because Utah has the number. That game's in Eugene, though. Uh, that's true. Okay, that's a bit scary. So probably I think it is. I'll, I'll double-check that. Um, but I, I think USC probably just because they're super talented. But other than that, like, Oregon's well-coached, no, Yeah, man. it's in Eugene. They're well-coached, and they That's play nice well, week. especially at home. It's a lot of energy, and it's a lot for this Washington team who is young, ex- inexperienced, kind of sort of big games, new coach. I think Oregon just at home, I think they win this game by 20. I, I get it, 13 points, it's a lot of yeah. points. I'm not picking against Oregon. Not no, at home. I, I'm not going to fall for I, that again. I just don't think Washington is that good of a team. They're 7-2, but I just don't think, they're, I don't think they can match up with Oregon and just straight up beat them. They're going to have to get a lot of stuff to go their way, a lot of lucky bounces, some turnover luck. But what, what's Oregon been great at so far this season? Not turning the ball over. Bo Nix has basically nipped all of the turnover issues that plagued him at Auburn. Like that, he he looks like a completely different quarterback. Uh, they're they're stronger up front on both sides, offensive and defensive line. They got Justin Flo and Noah Sewell at their linebackers. These guys are just they're more athletic. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're 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 more well coached. I Kalen Dubor. Uh, is a a great coach. He is what he's done to that program in just one year. Has you, you can't overlook that. But Dan Lanning is. I mean, we're, we're already seeing it. He's literally yeah. on the top of SEC coaching uh, hire lists. Like Auburn is looking at him. He, he is slowly making his way to one of those upper echelon of coaches. And this is a game that. If he if this team is really you know the number six team in the country, or if Dan Lanning is really that guy. They're going to absolutely pound Washington in this game, which I think they're going to. I think they win this by 24. I just think they're a better team. I do. Next game, last game, number four, TCU, traveling to Austin, 100,000, 105,000. 
taking on the number 18 ranked Texas Longhorns. They're 6-3, and three, but don't let that fool you. They're seven-point favorites. Vegas loves this team, as do every F- FPI slash uh, model out there. I think a lot of them have them at six, six or seven. Uh, so, so you look at those models, Texas, Texas, Texas. That's why they're seven-point favorites, even though there's a 12 or a 14-point gap between them in the rankings. What do you think? Um, yeah, so obviously TCU is undefeated going at Texas. To make the easy argument, there's a lot of value for TCU. But at some point, at some point, folks, you got to pick the better team. I mean, you can, exactly. you can talk about numbers and talk about nerd stuff all day. But at some point, you got to start taking teams. And Texas is the better team. And at home in this environment, I don't know if TCU's played in a place like this, in a game like this. Yep. Um, it kind of just feels like TCU... They're because they're not you know um, dragging ass, but I mean, I I, I don't know. They, in the first half, it looks like they yeah. are. Um, <laughs> but it just feels like some huge let just like huge blowout loss is yep. kind of hanging over them, or it's like waiting to uh, happen to them. We talk about one of these teams almost every year, college football playoff wise, who is sneaky who can make the college football playoff. Last year it was Oklahoma Utah. State. Last oh, year it was Utah. That was Oklahoma the State. entire year. And I think they got, or no, wait, maybe it was Oregon. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was Oregon because was then Oregon. they got housed by Utah. Yeah. And like, it, I think it was it was week 13 or week 12. And then they got housed by them again in the Pac-12 championship. They, they got that huge win over Iowa State. And everyone was playing the hypothetical game with Oregon. Like, well, if Oregon does this yeah. and Oregon does mm-hmm. that, it's like, this Oregon team probably is a little bit fraudulent. But hey, whatever. We're going to keep pretending like they're this, you know, magical team because they beat Ohio State. But Anywho, um, I kind of feel like it's the same sort of thing with TCU. We're just like, well, if TCU does this, if TCU gets blown out by Texas, we don't have to hear about them for the rest of the year. <laughs> so are you kind of hoping they do so that TCU can just Probably. be out? Well, <laughs> and because I'm a Texas guy. but Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's what, that's, that was a given. I'll say this. Texas, the season feels a little bit like it did. 2019, Sam Ellinger, the Sugar, Sugar Bowl season. It feels like they've got a little bit of energy right now. It feels like they haven't held out hope, you know, or given up just because. Yeah, sure, absolutely. No, nah, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Uh, I was going to press the word back button. Um, obviously, they're not back, but I would like to hear, you know, heard the button. No, but I'll say this. I don't think they've given up hope on the season. They still have a lot to play for for the Big 12 championship. Yeah, they're still alive. Um, I thought that they would probably kind of just, like, piss the rest of the season away. But, no, they looked really motivated in the Kansas State game. Obviously, they let it get a little bit closer than you would have liked in the second half. But um, at the end of the day, against Kansas State, they were just the more big, physical, athletic team. And it showed. I think it'll be this exact same sort of thing here for TCU. TCU has a couple of guys. That guy's an NFL NFL guy. That guy's an NFL guy. Texas has 15 of those guys. (laughs) Um, And that's not an over-exaggeration. I think Texas's secondary doesn't get nearly uh, enough praise as it should. And I think they shut down Quinton Johnson, Max Duggan, and this passing attack. And Texas rolls in this game. They win by 21. I I got some vibes from this game. I get some vibes. One of them is a game we just talked about, Washington, Oregon. I just think Texas is a better team. And then you're talking about TCU having to go to their place mm. in order to do it. It's Texas, when they're good, is about as tough a play, place to play as anywhere in the country. I mean, you saw it in the Alabama game. They showed up for that one. Alabama had a lot of penalties, a lot of, uh, of pre-snap penalties that they aren't accustomed to having. I guess they actually are this year, but at the time, they, they weren't. 
This also give me, give, give, is giving me Oklahoma State-Kansas State vibes. Why? Because Oklahoma State kept winning close games. It was like, how do they keep getting... It was the... It was that we can't keep letting... It was the, the Jesse Pinkman. We yeah. can't keep... Can't keep, keep letting them get yeah. away with that. It, it's that. And, and that's exactly what this feels like. TCU has won time after time after time. It's like they're... It's like they're cheating death right now. They, mm. they keep they keep going up after death and like, we got this, we got this, we got this. At some point, you're going to fall off a cliff just like Oklahoma State did. I kind of get Kansas State, Oklahoma State vibes from this game. I don't think it'll be 48 <laughs> nothing. That ain't going to happen. TCU is a much better team than Oklahoma State is. But I think Texas could win this game by four touchdowns. I really do. Ooh, I really no. do. Like, Texas is that is that talented, and TCU is running out of luck, in my opinion. I just don't think they can keep... It's like they're playing with house money, but they're playing with such reckless abandonment that they are... they Everything they had before it, they're just... They're trying to lose it all. They're, mm. they're either going to go... They're going to be billionaires, or they're going to be broke. That is... that is, that is That's what TCU feels like right now. And it, I think they're going to go broke. It totally feels like that... Uh, team that's always in the playoff conversation that has just been in the right place at the right exactly. time this whole year. Yep. And you know if they get to the college football playoff, they will get it was Notre absolutely Dame. It's Notre wrecked. Dame. Yeah. It's Notre, it's Notre Dame every single year. It's like you, they, you, they're beating average teams by a little bit. They have one good win where they played their best football. But you know if they make the college football playoff and they have to play Alabama in the first round that they're probably going to lose that game by three touchdowns. Like, Folks, I'll, I'll just say this to close. What is Texas's worst home performance? A one-point loss to Alabama? Yep. A close win against exactly. Iowa State? They don't State? play great on the know. road. But at home, they have been... L- yeah, I guess that Iowa State game wasn't great, but... Yeah, but still, a win's a win. A win is a win. You want to start with your lock, or you want to do your underdog first? Yes, lock. Penn State, home against Maryland. Folks, you were on... You, specifically, were on this uh, just, you know, what, Tuesday or something like that? Um, yeah. During the takeaway show about how bad Maryland has been uh, ever since making noise against Michigan, or at least a little bit of noise. They were pretty much two touchdowns worse, yep. but still. Um, and since then, they've just been mediocre. And um, so they're coming into this game six and three, and Penn State is 10 point favorites. I like Penn State at home. I think Penn State's getting some hate because at moments they've looked really bad in the two games that they were really, you know, on national television, the Michigan and Ohio State game, not the only two games, but uh, the two games that had everybody's eyes on. Yeah. Uh, they looked pretty poor at times, especially in the Michigan game. And then in the Ohio State game, it was just poor moments. The, like, three pick sixes that yep. <laughs> Sean Clifford threw come to mind initially. But if you look at Penn State as a whole and you kind of – go through their games, like even the Ohio State game, they were right in that game and easily could have beaten them. Um, And then you look at uh, Indiana, 45-14, this was just last week, Minnesota 45-17. My point being this, they take care of business against teams they're better than in a large way the past few weeks. Um, And so I I think we're probably underrating Penn State just because of their poor moments against those really good teams, and we think that gap between Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan is like way bigger than it actually is. I think in reality, saw in the Ohio State-Penn State game, Penn State's playing their best. Gap's like that, folks. Yeah. It's not as big as we think it is. And I think Penn State sort of proves that against Maryland. I think they win this game uh, three touchdowns. Yeah. It's a I, I, it kind of feels like that kind of... This is where we're going to see that Maryland is actually just not a good football team. Maryland will be a fraud, and Penn State will be a bit better than we expected. Um, 
I so if you guys aren't aware, I am currently on a lock curse that is. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. You no. had yours to start the season last year, but it wasn't. Yeah. It, you just like you couldn't get your teams to 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 finish. Like they wouldn't cover. Yeah, my teams just straight up aren't winning. They're losing outright. Who they, was your lock last week? Oklahoma. Oklahoma lost to Baylor by three. No. I, I I don't know how that happened. Turns out Baylor's kind of shiesty. Um, so I'm gonna lose use my lock curse for some good. I'm playing. I'm kind of hedging my bets right now. Michigan and Ohio State, obviously November 26th. If Michigan loses that game. I need there to be a shot that they can get in with one loss because their resume absolutely sucks. It's 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 dookie. There's nothing good about it outside of Penn State. There, there's no two ways about it. The Michigan Athletic Department and or Ward Manuel, the AD, and the seven game home home game thing absolutely screwed them. There's no two ways about that. But they're such a good team with the eye test that I think they can still get in with one loss. But what needs to happen? I need a few teams to lose. Yep. I need I need the Pac-12 to to start cannibalizing itself. I need two losses. I need I need a champion to have two losses there. I need TCU to lose a game, um, which I already have them doing right. Um, the Big Twelve champion needs to have two or three losses. Actually, well, I think I think TCU as the champion probably like yeah it probably isn't going to happen anyway. I need Tennessee to lose another game. I need the the ACC champions a little weird. Clemson or North Carolina, I need to probably lose it. I need that to have two losses, and then we're talk- we're getting somewhere. And then obviously, I need LSU to not win. But yep. um, this week, I'm using my lock curse against UCLA. They're 19 and a half point favorites at home against Arizona. Do I think this game? Because what I've done in the past, I was taking such small spread numbers like four, five, three, stuff like that, where it was like. Well, okay, these two teams aren't that different from each other. Uh, most of it was, you know, one team's at home, one team's not at home. Like, that was kind of what it was. And so it was a lot easier for them to upset. Arizona's going to need a lot to go their way here. True. But I'm hoping my black magic, my hex, can kind of help me out here, get UCLA to two losses, so that way UCLA can beat USC. UC, USC gets to two losses. Oregon loses to Utah, and all of a sudden they all have two losses. That's the, that's the roadmap. That's the roadmap. So UCLA has to lose this game because their next game is UCLA or USC, and then they play in the Pac-12 championship. Wouldn't they get into the Pac-12 championship against Oregon? Yeah, but they would have two losses. So you're saying UCLA beats Oregon in the rematch? It doesn't matter. They have two losses because Oregon's losing to Utah. So oh, yeah, two yes, losses. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so that I was going to do Tennessee, but they're 21 point favorites against Missouri at home. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I I don't think that's a good use of my powers. I think going to South Carolina next week is a lot more of a of a. Oh, this is a trap game. This is kind of a. This is kind of a shiesty game, especially if, North, if, if South Carolina is playing at night. I think there. I think there. Right? I think there could be a little bit of a little bit of uh, black magic going on there. So I'm going to save it for next week. I'm going to use it against UCLA this week. Hopefully they lose outright. If they don't, I could really use a cover. I really could. Yeah. I'll tell you what's actually going to happen though. They're just gonna they're gonna win by like fifteen. That's what's gonna happen because that that was what I said about Ohio State last week. I was gonna pick them against Northwestern, and then that spread was like thirty nine and a half or thirty six. And I was like, I'll tell you what they're gonna do. They're just they're gonna win but not cover. And what did they do? They won but not covered. Uh, okay. Oh, by the way, uh, Mike picked Ohio as his lock. That hit easily. Um, he likes to pick the action games. Um, so I what we're gonna do is just he 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 told me on Tuesday that he wanted to take them. I'm giving it to him here. Yeah, um, totally valid. I'll, I'll do his underdog real quick. It's Indiana. He just wants to hedge his bets. He doesn't think Ohio State's going to cover, um, so he'll get a point there. But if they do cover, he'll be really happy. So, 
So smart. now you can get near underdog. Um, I have Purdue at Illinois. Not a homer. I'm not. Homer. Homer, homer, homer. <laughs> Taking my team Purdue at Illinois coming off of, I think, their, their most embarrassing game. loss of the season. <laughs> they uh, lost to Tuck. 24-3 to Iowa in an absolute uh, just embarrassing Oh, you're talking game. about Purdue. I thought you were talking um, about Illinois coming off their most oh, embarrassing no. loss. I had Purdue coming off their most embarrassing loss and Illinois coming off of their most well, do you uh, think, I was going to say, do you think this is their worst or Indiana? Loss. <laughs> uh, their least embarrassing loss, I guess, uh, against Michigan State in what was a uh, 23-15. Yeah. Um, listen, I like Illinois. I think they're a respectable team this year. I Beely respect me. the way they play football. Bert. And I think Bielema, and I've been on this one Be-limey. since like week zero, I think, uh, is a very good coach that we don't give credit for because he had to go to Arkansas in a Time where it was a awful time for Arkansas football. He chose to go to Arkansas. That's true. Um, but I'll say this. Purdue, I think Shiesty. they're a type of team that will give Illinois problems. Uh, the passing game, the passing attack, it's just kind of conflicting with Illinois' style to the point where they can't do what they love to do, which is we're just going to ugly this game up, mess this game up, we're going to win in the margins, and just be shysty. We saw it against Iowa this year. We saw it against Wisconsin this year. We saw it against Penn State last year. It's what Illinois loves to do. And against us, they kind of uglied up the game last year. But I'll say this. When Purdue is playing well, they're, for whatever reason, their scheme and their format, you know, and their overall offensive game plan, Illinois has to adjust to us. We don't have to adjust to them. And if we can do that, I think we can win this game. It's the type of game we always win just when you give up hope about Purdue. <laughs> All right, this team's terrible. They shock you with just a unbelievable road upset or you know i mean this year against minnesota i was ready to give up all hope pull off the insane upset uh last year at iowa at that point we had just gotten stumped i think i forget by who but we were three and two going into that game and beat number two team in the country iowa at their place bang stunned them i just think this is the typical game we do this man it smells a lot like at minnesota or at iowa last year just saying. So watch out for the Boilermakers. They're plus six and a half. I think they win this game outright. I really do. Uh, I'm I'm riding my wave. I hit a three pointer last week. I'm going to go for a three pointer again. It's a little bit shocking what team I went with, though. I will say that the Vanderbilt Commodores catching 18 points, taking on the number 24 ranked Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington. Didn't They're you get not- two points last week? No, no, no three. three points. Yep. They're 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 not they're not at home. They're they're road dogs. This is this is road dogs central right here. I think that Vandy can cover this. I don't know if they can win outright. I think they can cover. Kentucky's coming off of one of their worst games of the season, a four point win over Missouri, twenty one seventeen. Meanwhile, Vandy's been close with they, their last two games, South Carolina and Missouri. Uh, Eleven point loss to South Carolina, three point loss to Missouri. I think that there's a scenario that Kentucky. We say, we say this about Kentucky every time. They are the slowest team in college football. You don't get a lot of possessions. Can this team win a game by 21 points? I don't know. I, we saw it against Missouri. They won the game 21-17. They don't have a ton of possessions. It doesn't allow for them to expand the score. They're slow. The, if Vanderbilt hasn't been a bad team this year. Like People see Vanderbilt, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's a, that's a joke. Like that, that program's terrible. 
they've kind of been all right this year. They're three and six. Obviously, they got smoked by Alabama and Georgia, but that's because there's such a huge talent gap there that coaching can only get you so much. I do think they're a well-coached team, though. When you look at their games this season, they only have three really bad losses. It was Wake Forest, it was Alabama, it was Georgia. The Wake Forest loss, you can't really, I mean, that one you, you can't really overlook because there's not a huge talent disparity between Wake Forest and Vandy. But the other two games, there absolutely is. There is a talent disparity here between Kentucky and Vanderbilt. But listen, Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky hasn't been playing great football, to be quite honest with you. Vandy's been playing pretty decently. I think that the Commodores can either A, catch Kentucky by surprise, or at least cover this game because Kentucky moves at such a slow pace. I'll take a point here. It, it, as long as I can just keep uh, keep beating out Mike, I'll be okay with that. Uh, oh, we have to... I think I think the I think the Ohio State line is 39.5. Mike would get five points for that. Something crazy, yeah. Five, five or six points. I can't remember. Five. I think, I think it's it five. five. I think it's five. If that gets, if it goes back to forty, he would get six points, and then it would basically. Well, we'll, we'll check right now. I'll check right now. We can intro the NFL. Um, okay, so NFL records last week. I was one four and one. Obert was three two and one. Mike was one three and two. His lock it's pushed. forty. So Mike would it's get forty. Six Mike points. would get six points. Six of them. Six and points. And that's decided if, if, right if, now. If Indiana wins, Mike gets six points. I'm going to put it in so I don't forget. Yep. Um, is that one in Ohio at Ohio State? Uh, I think it's at Indiana. Shiesty Mike. Oh, wow. Very shiesty. No, it's at Ohio State. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so Indi- Indiana. Mike, I'm doing it with one hand. Ohio State. Indiana plus 40. Whew. Plus 40. At Mike says, give me the 40 O-S-U. points, man. Um, if he if he won this, I mean, game over. Pretty it, much, it's right? pretty much with with how many with how few weeks we have. Two weeks left after this. Yep, it's basically over. I forgot that we only have two weeks left after this week. Yep. Ooh, okay, that's a lot of pressure on me for underdog. <laughs> I gotta win something this year, guys. I gotta win something. Um, so NFL four. I went through all of them. I'm twenty one, thirty one, and two now. Ten games under. It's not looking pretty. Uh, there's really no way back for me. I have not picked NFL games good last year. Didn't pick them good this year. I'm just not good at picking them. That's the moral of the story. Obert, on the other hand, is ten games up, thirty one, twenty one, and two. We have inverse records. Mike is twenty one, twenty seven, and three. He's six games back. So. Um, Really, if you're not betting with Obert, you're not doing a great job. Uh, underdog wise, uh, I I finally passed you. I'm three five and one. You're three and six. Um, Mike is six and two. I've had a little bit of a, a nice underdog stretch. Uh, picked the Jags over the the Raiders. I I only got helped out because the Raiders are literally the most inept team right now with mm. a lead. They had a 17 point lead and lost. Um, okay, first game. This one's going to happen in Munich, Germany. How about it? The Seahawks and the Bucks traveling over the pond, but not to London, to Germany. Um, Buccaneers are three-point favorites on the neutral site. What do you think? Um, I like the Seahawks uh, in Munich, Germany. I think, obviously, home, courted, uh, home field advantage, negligible. It does not it's a neutral exist. neutral site, so neutral, Vegas is telling you that they think the Bucks are a better team. Are three points better than the Seahawks? I disagree. Folks, I said this in the takeaways episode. The Bucs just aren't that good. Yeah. The Rams just aren't that good. That was just two teams playing bad football. The Seahawks, the way they play, they're, they just are dynamic on offense. It's hard to believe and fathom that somebody could say something like that before the season, but it's true. They're just dynamic. That run game is so strong, and then you get the DK Metcalf and Geno Smiths and all of that rolling on top of it. Tyler Lockett, obviously. That is a very tough scheme and offense to stop. 
and I don't know if the Bucks can do it. Um, we'll see, but I think most importantly, the Bucks won't be able to score enough points yep. to keep up with the Seahawks. Seahawks are a real team, and the Bucks. Maybe this is Vegas saying they got to turn around at some point. They're not gonna, folks. They'll be an eight and nine team and maybe make the playoffs, but they're not ever going to be a team that you're like, yeah, that's the for real team we thought they were in the offseason. Yeah. Not once, not once will you say that, and you won't say it here in Germany. Give me the Seahawks plus three to win this game outright by seven. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. They're just a better team. Uh, the Bucks are dealing with a lot of injuries right now, offensively and defensively. Um, the Seahawks are dynamic offensively. Said it. The Buccaneers are not. They can't run the football. They are the worst team in the NFL right now, and they're one of the worst uh, rushing teams of all time. That is how bad they've been. But people are going to act like Leonard Fournette's a good running back because he scores touchdowns in fantasy from two yards away. Uh, it's it's your it's that point you always bring up that we kind of use the uh, fantasy the fantasy running backs as a value of how good an actual running back is in the NFL. Like people think Naheem Hines is a bad is a bad running back when he's probably the best third down running back in the in the, in, in the league. So um, give me the Seahawks to win outright. I, I don't think the emergence of K. Otten is going to be enough because other than that, I mean. Tom Brady hasn't looked like himself. He hasn't been terrible, but he he doesn't have the time in the pocket. The offensive line hasn't been great. He doesn't have a run game. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot. He just doesn't have the zip to really get it done. It's a lot of short stuff to Chris Godwin, to K-Dot. I just think the Seahawks, they're athletic. They're young. They got stamina. They'll be able to go at you for 60 minutes, and, and, and they don't let up. Which I mean, with it's a Pete Carroll team. It is a Pete Carroll team. They're they're kind of they got the chip on their shoulder. They're underdogs. They're they're feisty. Um, so I think the, I think they're going to be able to beat this Bucks team outright. Uh, I like your seven number. I'm going to go with four though because it's early. It's a weird game. The travel. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. Next game: Jags at Chiefs. Chiefs nine and a half point favorites at home, coming off of an overtime win over the Tennessee Titans. The Jags, as I mentioned, coming off of a 17 point comeback win over the or the Las Vegas Raiders. Excuse me. Over. We know you don't like. Big spreads. Do you, do you like big spread in this one? Um, no. Uh, I'm thinking the Jaguars going at the Chiefs. Listen, listen. Um, Chiefs right now. It, it's hard to say because you know they looked good against the Titans with the passing attack, but they threw the ball. We overrate the passing attack, folks. Times. And when you throw the ball 68 times, no duh, you're gonna throw for a lot of yards. <laughs> yeah. I think this Jags team, I don't think they're turning a corner, but at least right now they've got some energy. And that second half comeback, I think, helps them going into this game just have some a little bit more belief in the team and uh, probably some buy-in. Yep. So I, I think going at the Chiefs, catching them probably at the right time. Um, obviously, the Titans are a very bad matchup for the Chiefs, and the Jags probably won't be in that same sort of uh, bad matchup, but... I still think at the end of the day, the Jags, they're talented. They've gotten a lot of close losses, and I think their strength of schedule so far has been very difficult. I think they're a little bit better than we think they are. Um, I respect Doug Peterson as a coach. I don't think they win this game. I think it'll be close with the number. I think the Chiefs win by seven. I don't think the Chiefs are in a spot right now where they're blowing teams out like we've seen in the past. I think more times than not this year, we've seen them keep it close with some yeah. teams that they probably should blow out. The one the one blowout game they've had that comes to my mind is San Francisco. The Cardinals early on yep. in the season. First game week one, yeah. Week one, and the Cardinals were 
awful at that time. So, um, yeah, not a lot of impressive blowout victories for the Chiefs that we've seen in past years. Yeah, they, like you said, they don't blow teams out. I think their point differential is plus fifty four this season. So they're and they've they've got six wins. So or seven wins, six right. wins, six, six wins, right? Yeah, they're six and two. Um, yeah, so they're winning games by less than you know, uh, was it nine points a game? Yeah, something like that, r- roughly. Uh, the Jags, on the other hand, are losing games pretty close. Like you look at the Eagles game; they lost that game by eight. It's a one score game. And why was it? Well, it was raining. Like that was that was one of the big things is that they couldn't get anything going through the air. They hadn't really established the ground game like they have now. Uh, Travis Etienne in his last four games has gone over 100 yards, I think, in all of them. Um, he's been fantastic on the ground. It's helped Trevor Lawrence uh, play off of play action. They don't push the ball down the field, so so they're kind of like Kentucky in that way, where they play slow. They they don't they don't push the ball. They don't try to go for the big play. Trevor Lawrence will go 25 of 31 for 200 yards. He will or 230 yards. He will do that. That will be a stat line that he has. They are going to control the clock, and at the end of the day. It, nine and a half points for a team that controls the playing against the team that controls the clock. It just ain't going to happen. Plus, I think that the Jags defensively are starting to figure it out a little bit. And really, you just take away uh, Travis Kelsey and and the Chiefs struggle a little bit to to find guys that can really uh, extend drives um, without Travis Kelsey catching a, a third a short third down. It seems like they're struggling a little bit. Um, they can't run the football very well. We've seen that week after week after week. Thought they were going to figure something out with Isaiah Pacheco. He's kind of taking the back seat. Um, defensively, they're fine. They're a little banged up, uh, but this is just too many points. I got. I, I thought last week. My thought process was one of these is going to hit with the Chiefs and the Bills. Neither one of them hit. Both of them, or one of them, lost outright. So I'm just going to stick with the, with the number in this game. I'm not going to take the who I think is going to win because it bit me in the ass last week. Next game, Vikings at Bills. Weird one, Vegas has this at three and a half because nobody knows if Josh Allen is going to play. So if he doesn't, it'll be Case Keenum as the backup. If Josh Allen does play, I would imagine that this line is probably around seven and a half, eight. So completely agree. So keep that in your mind, keep that in your back pocket. What do you think about this one? Um I think Vegas thinks Allen's not going to play. That's what that I, yeah, absolutely. Guess. With three and a half, absolutely, yeah. Um, otherwise, this line wouldn't be where it is, but um, I'm going to take the Bills. Oh, it's absolutely brutal. I think there's just so much of me that thinks the Bills would blow out the Vikings if Allen did play. I think if Allen doesn't play, it'll be tough for him, although I still think they have an al- avenue. So you're hoping that he's like, it's the day-to-day thing, but he he still finds a way to play? I am. I think. I think it would be tough for them to cover if uh, Keenum plays because they're so one-dimensional offensively, and they would be forced to run the football. That if Keenum plays, like my thing is with the Bills, like if it's a Keenum revenge game, maybe, maybe if if there's if any top ten quarterback plays for this Bills offense, like and I have my gripes with Josh Allen, but if any top ten quarterback plays with this offense, I think they excel. I think if any. You know, bottom half quarterback, starting quarterback plays with this offense. They probably are pretty bad. The yeah. offense is pretty bad because I think that, um, I think like a top ten quarterback like Mahomes, Herbert, um, you know, Lamar Jackson. Even although it would be kind of a weird matchup, um, some of your pre- Joe Burrow is a great example with these weapons. This good of an O line that can pass block. Um, I think at the end of the day, this team would throw the ball for a thousand yards, you know, a game with any quarterback. What does it say? He did not participate in practice yeah, yeah. today. I saw that. Um 
I think so. My point being, if it's Herbert, Burrow, any of those guys, I don't really think there's a difference. But Keenum, I do think there would be a bit of a difference because he's still going to make the throws. And I don't know if he can make the throws that you need from an average quarterback. But I'll say this. I do trust in McDermott. I do trust in the talent they have offensively and defensively. Um, and I think the Vikings are eh, kind of smoke and mirrors right now. Not going to lie, folks. Uh, Fraudulent? A lot of close a You're lot throwing of close around that games. F word a lot this week. Not today, or not for the Vikings, though. I'm not going to say okay, that. But okay. it's been a lot of close games, 7-1, and one, but a lot of close games. You mentioned the backup quarterback stat. Um, <laughs> they played like a bunch of backup quarterbacks. It's like I don't six know. this year. Um Three point win against the Saints, seven point win against the Bears. Uh, I'm trying to remember. So they, they played Jared Goff. They played Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, I think it's all been backup quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray started. Okay, but, so so they, what? They're seven and one. So they've played five backup quarterbacks then. It's unbelievable. Um, so, Unless you count Jared Goff as a backup quarterback. <laughs> um, I think they're a bit a bit smoke and mirrors. I think this team's kind of uh, a fake seven and one. I do, um, and I think the Bills have enough to get it done and cover the spread um, with Allen. Hopefully, he plays. We'll see. I think they're shysty. I think the Vikings are shysty. I think they're yeah. It's maybe not the you know the best seven and one team out there that we've seen in recent memory. They're not beating teams by a lot, but they're finding ways to finding ways to win ball games, and they got Kirk Thuggins now. It, like, what do you want from That's me? That's true. Um, he shies, it it, it looks like things. it looks like so. Josh Allen didn't participate uh, in either practice this week. It looks like they'll have Matt Milano back. He didn't play uh, last week against the Jets. That's a big loss for them. Um, but having him back is a huge gain. Jordan Poyer hasn't practiced it Wednesday or Thursday. That could be interesting. Uh, Von Miller didn't uh, participate in Wednesday's practice because he's old. That's really just that's that's it. Jermaine Edmonds didn't practice in either game. Kyrie Elam didn't practice uh, Thursday, uh, but he he was limited on Wednesday. So my point is is that the Bills got a lot of injuries. I would imagine that most of those guys do find a way to play. Um, it's more so they're just trying not to uh, inflame an injury that doesn't that doesn't really. It's practice. As long as you're as you're getting mental reps, you should be fine. With that being said. I think the Vikings have found something with Kevin O'Connell. That offense is looking pretty good for the most part. They have their quarters. They have their drives where it's like, okay, let's figure something out here because it doesn't look very good. That fourth quarter against the Commanders was fantastic. Kirk was on fire. He was finding guys. uh, Obviously, Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Now you got TJ Hawkinson. What did did they say? Nine catches last game? Nine catches, 70 yards. He's going to be the guy that, that moves the sticks like that. They didn't have that with Irv Smith. TJ Hawkinson can give you that. Um, I just think that they're going to t- be a team that we we sit here at the end of the year. They're going to be like thirteen and four, and it's going to be like they were they were like eleven and, and two in one score game or something like that. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Like that is that is what this team feels like. I mean, they should have lost. They should have lost to the Lions. I don't know if they should have won the Commanders game last week. I don't know if they were the better team, but it's like it's like. You have to give credit for to a team for winning those close games because that's what the NFL is. It is yep. what is your score in one score games, and the Vikings uh, the Vikings just find a way to win. I think they find a way to win this game, and they go to eight and one. It's like how is this possible? They're not that good of a team. Their defense is playing well, though. Their defense is playing well, which was a problem last year. I give it to them. Cowboys four and a half point favorites taking on the Green Bay Packers. The I don't know what's going on there, but there's a lot of locker room issues. I don't know how this is only four and a half, to be quite honest with you. What do you think? Uh, I'm definitely going with the pack. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't say it. Hey, I didn't say it. <laughs> definitely going with the Cowboys. Oh, wrong one. They're going to go. He- 
Oh, wait, we have you this. You can't keep getting it. That was the one we were talking about, folks. I think it's that one. It's pink. How about them cowboys? Yeah. Also, yeah. also, just because. Okay. Wait, can we post that to YouTube now? Oh, that's a that's actually a good question. Oh, boy. Well, um, I'm going with the Cowboys. It folks. was on for half a second. We'll see. I'm going with the Cowboys. Thanks. Um, I think the Cowboys are a better team. I do. Um, I think they're absolutely rolling right now. I think defensively they hit a little bit of a hiccup against the Bears, but I think they needed to. They were so shysty defensively this entire season. Shiesty. It was kind of like, all right, now let's get something to kind of just – you know, clean out the cobwebs, fix anything that hadn't been exposed. And the only thing that really needed to be exposed, okay, we're not great against the QB run. Uh, the Bears are doing things to a lot of different teams that, uh, you know, they're struggling with, uh, that defenses are struggling with. For the Cowboys, going against the Packers, this offense won't be able to move the ball. It just won't. And with the Cowboys' offense, I think getting going to be way better than it was the first half of the season coming off of this Getting bye, Odell. Coming off this by well, let's hope they get Odell. You told me but, what by Friday, right? Yeah, by Friday. So tomorrow. Uh, coming, so today. Coming off of this by, I think Podcast. the Cowboys absolutely piece it together offensively. Defense is as good as it's ever been, and they win this game by ten points. The only reason why it's close is because Aaron Rodgers looks good for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. Um, reports are that the receivers don't like Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, they don't like being blamed for him, or bl- they don't like being blamed for him missing open guys. I saw, I've seen a few more still images come out um, where he's taking sacks and when he's got like three or four guys open. Um, it, it, it's bad. It's really bad. And the Cowboys are, as much as I hate to say it, this year they're a well coached team. They are. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy has done a great job. Dan Quinn has done a great job. Um, Kellen Moore has has had his moments later this. In the past couple of weeks, it, it, the, the first half of the season, it was like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? And then once Cooper Rush came in at quarterback, it was like, okay, Kellamore's actually going to call a good, uh, a, a good game. And, and he did. And then, and then obviously Cooper Rush against the Eagles kind of threw that out. And then that came back. First week was a little rough. And then the, the Bears game, and they looked really good. Yep. So Tony Pollard looked fantastic. I don't think the Packers are a very good team. I think we see them drop to they're three and six right now. I think we see them drop to three and seven, and it's almost like, do we think about trading Aaron Rodgers in the offseason? I would. I would. I I, would. I said it on I said it on Wednesday's takeaways. I think you should have left him in the dust in the offseason. Um, I think the Cowboys win this one, seventeen. I don't think it's close. I just think they're a much better team than the Packers. Last game, Chargers at 49ers. We are so baffled by this spread. The 49ers are seven-point favorites at home. Uh, explain. Ex- can you explain? Um, I think Because you're the Vegas guy. I think Vegas is really buying into what the 49ers that, are that was, doing. That was what my thought and, was. And, you know, going forward with the 49ers, they do look... I don't think it has anything to do with the Chargers. No, I don't either. They've been neutral on the Chargers all year, it seems like. With Christian McCaffrey, I think this is more of a projection than anything. Yeah, talking about what, what they like. see for the 49ers going forward. Obviously, they smoked the Rams their last game. I think they had the bye last week. Yep. Um, and maybe that helps them coming off a of bye. I don't know, I guess. But Vegas doesn't look at that. I, eh, maybe. Not, I, I don't. Mm. Um, but seven points, that bit. doesn't explain Maybe it. it's like, like a quarter of a point. Yeah, like a half a point would be my guess for a bye week. I don't know. Um, and 
I, I guess it's at it's at the uh, 49ers. I guess that but helps. It's like the Chargers are are literally flying a mo- or an hour away. I, I, <laughs> I just don't get it. I, 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 would ex- I would expect this one to be a four-point spread sort of situation. Like, you can't give up all hope on the Chargers. They're five and three. Come on, man. I think everyone's hopping off the Chargers bus because of the optics and how it looks right now. But at some point, like, I don't, like... I don't. It's not like they have to turn around because they haven't really lost buy-in. You know what I mean? They're five and three. I don't think the players aren't motivated. I don't think it's a crisis. Yeah. I just think they're not playing very well, and I think even not playing well, seven points against the 49ers, I think they can keep this a three, four-point game. Yeah. That's my guess. With the Chargers, it's always a matter of oh, you know, typically they don't just come out flat and get smoked. Although we've seen that against the Jaguars this year. Typically, it's more a matter of, okay, we're in this game. We feel like, you know, we're the better team. And then towards the end, we kind of give the game away. But even if they do that, we're fine with that seven-point number. So don't really get it. I think maybe another aspect of this is the 49ers might be a bad matchup for the Chargers. Oh, um, uh, that's, what, that's what I was thinking. I, I was thinking it's that, well, you talk about having Christian McCaffrey and the fact that they're already a good running team without him and then you add him and his explosiveness his ability to go side to side and, and the Chargers not still not being able to stop the run I think it's a I think it's a bad matchup for him I think they're projecting this to be kind of like the Seahawks game where it's like yeah. the Seahawks kind of take a lead early and then just or the 49ers take a lead early and then behind that running game they just pound the Chargers yep. away into oblivion but this offense has looked too bad for too long I don't know who's going to be healthy who's injured who's out whatever I think Herbert, this offense, and by the way, I'm not really sold on the 49ers defense as much as I was three weeks ago. Obviously, <laughs> you know, they look pretty good against the Rams, but not Banged great. Up too. Jason Ferret just tore his Achilles, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so, I I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about the 49ers, to be quite frank, uh, defense lately. Uh, that game against the, 40, uh, Chiefs. the Chiefs was absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. Um, so, I think the Chargers but That was before this- Chris McCaffrey, so... Yeah, true. <laughs> I think the Chargers are shysty enough to keep this a four-point, three-point game, and it's right down the wire. Maybe Herbert has a chance to win it late or something like that, or he you know, helps them out with a clutch touchdown or something to help us cover this one. 49ers win, Chargers cover. That's kind of what I'm feeling right now, although I do see a scenario where the 49ers absolutely demolish the Chargers. I really do. Um, I've, pro- I've heard that Keenan Allen might come back this week. That's what I've heard. I would say probably not. Yep. He, I mean, like this is the same hamstring injury that's been that's been derailing him this entire season since week one. It was like this, the first quarter, like the third drive of the year, and it's been the same hamstring issue. I, I it doesn't make any sense to me. Mike Williams, I think, is going to be out again this week. So you're talking about DeAndre Carter or Gerald Everett being their number one receiver. Actually, it's Austin Eckler. But what does he get? He gets you 75 yards and 12 catches. Like they're not moving the ball down the field. That's the problem. I'm still going to go with them because I think they're a good enough team to keep it um, within seven points. But I do think that there's a scenario where the 49ers can win this game by 24. It, yeah. it, this is this is one of those games where it's like it's boom or bust. Like either the Chargers are going to are going to stay within the spread, or the 49ers are they're, they're not. It's not going to be close. The 49ers are going to win this thing by a billion. You want to get in your lock? Absolutely. I'll take the Giants at home against the Texans minus four and a half. Um, this isn't, you know, crazy value here, four and a half. It's not like, oh, you know, the Giants are a million points better than the Texans. They're probably not, folks. But I'll be honest, 
Texans aren't a very good football team at all. Um, <laughs> and I think coming off of, I think I think they're coming off by the Giants. Giants, yeah. Uh, they didn't play after a bad loss to the Seahawks, uh, I think Brian Dable's a good enough coach to, at the very least, have this offense humming. Um, yeah. Coming off a bye against the Texans, he should have a billion tricks up his up his sleeve against a pretty weak Texans defense um, and Texans team overall, who only has one win. Um, I think they looked kind of impressive against the Eagles, but I think the Eagles more than anything were just overlooking the Texans. Yeah. Um, well, also it was a short week. It's yeah. like it's like the Eagles can play their C game and still win that game easily. That's what it felt they like to did. me, and they did. So I think at the Giants, this Texans team doesn't have any impression to me of, oh, well, they're just one week away, or, oh, it was, they're just one win away. Well, that's or, because they fired David Coley after he yeah. had that team playing. He had that team playing week in, week out, like the their buy-in, jobs man. were on the line. And then for whatever reason, they fire him just to hire Lovey Smith, who, don't get me wrong, I love Lovey as a guy. He's a great person. But he just doesn't get the same buy-in that David Coley did. Yep. Um, my only fear is that it's a giant special here, and then they, <laughs> then they play down to their competition, pl- play up to their competition, and keep this like a three-point game. But honestly, on paper, the Giants are a much better team in this game. Coming off of a bye, no less, uh, with, I think, even as kind of underwhelming talent-wise as they are, they're still much more dynamic than the Texans are. Saquon Barkley alone is a much better player than anybody that Texans have on their entire team. Um, <laughs> although I do like Damian Pierce. Um, so I think the Giants win this game. He's questionable. I, that could be a huge loss for my fantasy team and for the Texans. <laughs> but I think the Giants win by 10. Uh, I'm going with the Bears at home, three-point favorites over the Lions. Listen, the Lions aren't a good team. The Bears are turning a corner offensively. Uh, so... I picked against the Lions last week, and they ended up winning. It turns out the Packers are literally the worst offense in the country or in the in the league. They cannot figure anything out. They scored nine points against one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw three picks, two of them in the red zone. The Bears are going to take care of the ball much more because they don't throw it as much. They they know their strength, unlike the Packers, um, and they run the football. And the Lions haven't been able to stop mobile quarterbacks all year. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers was able to pick up first downs with his feet, and it's Aaron Rodgers. He's not the most nimble guy at the age of, what, 37. Um, Aaron Glenn hates using quarterback spies. He's on record saying that he will not use a quarterback spy because he thinks it's useless to waste a waste a defender uh, to just sit there and look at the quarterback. Yeah. Um, and, going up and, Justin Fields. and if you don't do that, we saw what he did to the Dolphins. He ran for he had a sixty one yard scramble touchdown. And he's going to do that against the Lions, and they're going to lose this. Plus, it's on the road. The Lions aren't a good road team. They're the worst road team I've ever seen. The Bears are going to win this game by seventeen points. And that rush defense for the Lions, it's a bit weak. Yep. It's a bit weak. 17-point win for the Bears. Yeah. Uh, I have the Colts at the Raiders. This one's a crazy one. This one is a bananas one. Um, I don't know how to feel about this game. I made my underdog pick on air. Uh, I just completely forgot about it. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and, but I love this pick. Listen, the Raiders. He's in. He's bought in. I'm sorry, they're super talented. I just they just haven't even it's looked Josh close. Daniels. He's just not a good they, head coach. They just have not looked even close to being that team. He's been an OC. Yeah, Josh McDaniels has been an OC for years and years and years and done wonderful things. He's not cut out to be a head coach. I can't explain it. And <laughs> for whatever reason, his talented teams lose game after game after game after game. I 
I, I'm sorry. I don't see them turning it around. And the Colts. This is what I'm excited about. Jeff Saturday. I didn't make a takeaway about this, but I probably should have. I really liked that hire. I thought uh, Frank Reich. I did. I love that hire. Frank Reich getting fired. Uh, oh I thought that was the right time for that fire. And now you go with a guy, Jeff Saturday. When you're going with an interim coach, this isn't the yep, permanent. No, you're coach. absolutely right. It's the Rich Passaccia thing. Exactly. When you're going with an interim head coach, it's about fundamentals and buy-in. And Jeff Saturday played the center position. You got to be a leader. And you saw it with Peyton Manning. He's got that fiery competitiveness. You know. Uh, did you always... see his press conference from today? No. It was aw- You should I watch it. It, it was, was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, he's got that fiery competitiveness. He really wants to win games. I think this is the perfect interim head coach hire. There was pretty much zero energy around the Colts with Frank Reich. And I think with Sam Ellinger, I really believe this. This is a talented enough team to pull off this sort of upset. Um, Listen, I don't know if they're talented, but the Raiders don't know how to use their talent, so I don't know if it really matters. Also, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller both on the IR for I get more leadership in Sam Ellinger's left toe, pinky toe, than I do in the entire Raiders' organization. So I'm going to take the Colts on the road. I don't even care if it's an Allegiant. Seriously. I mean, come on, man. That was awesome. I see this guy. We're back. I see this guy, Sam Ellinger, you know, leading a Texas team, which is kind of just average, um, at or uh, in the Sugar Bowl against a Georgia team at the time. We're talking prime Georgia yeah. folks. Um, to a huge upset victory. Uh, he's an absolute dude. I love that guy. Um, hopefully, Jeff Saturday has the wherewithal to say, hey, Let's try a couple of quarterback powers. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I would like to see that. Uh, he's not, not going to call plays. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But he definitely has it's the football a, it's, IQ. It's some 30-year-old. Listen, if the Colts turn around, I'm not, I, I have no objections to Saturday being the head coach there. I said this uh, I, to you I would. Pri- I think I privately, would. but I'll say it on the podcast. I'm making Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck say no to me first. But if those guys do say no to me, Saturday. You, you want to know who Jeff Saturday reminds me of? Who? Dan Campbell. Stop. That's, that's exactly who he reminds me of. He he comes in. He's got the fiery press conference. Yeah, but practice. Is, you're, you're hearing all these great things about practice, about how he's he's a hard-ass, but he's a good hard-ass, where he's like, we're going to do the little things right, and it's going to result in wins. And the Colts may look like they're a better team, and then it's going to be, the it's gonna be, oh, my God, Jeff Saturday might actually be the guy. And then you get to next year, it's like, it's the in-game management. It's the it's the same thing over and over again, but no real change. That's so, what he kind of reminds okay. me of. Saturday's got that whiz kid football IQ, though. He does center one of the greatest ever do it, no less. Okay, but he also had Peyton Manning right behind him. True, but that was a combined effort. It was. Um, I don't know how much of a combined effort. That's the, the thing, is that we we won't know yeah, how no, much of a combined effort we don't, it is. But I, I would guess a portion. Especially I, would, because, I would assume at least a little bit. But. Because he goes to Green Bay and does great things there. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers still. But he doesn't go team to team if it's not just, oh, he's Peyton Manning's little you know bag boy. That's why I would pay, make Peyton Manning say no to me. Because Peyton Manning obviously has Peyton Manning's not gonna get in the, the greatest football IQ of all time. Well. Then fine, say no, and I'll move on. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I was just saying, he's having such a good time on TV right now. I don't think he's ever going to leave it. You know what? I put a stipulation in his contract. We'll let you do two of those a year. Okay? Two of those Monday nights a year. Listen. What if he says, I want to do Monday night every week? I say, every oh, week that they're not it. playing. I say, um, 
I say win every week, then you'll be good because. Listen, so if you get, if you if you win on Sunday, then you get to. Yeah, then you get to do the Manning cast victory Mondays. You get Monday off. If you win on Sunday. So that's what I would say. But I would, yeah, I would make him say no. Why aren't you an owner? I don't funds. know. You don't I don't know. Funds. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I, that's a lot. Of, that's is that not sound like? What's wrong with that? Peyton uh, let me Manning? ask you this: Are you going to call Billy B and make him say no? No, God no. He's seventy-five years old. I don't <laughs> want him anywhere near my. Not at this point. I do think I do think it's a little weird because Jeff Saturday is what he's got to be forty six. I think is he really? That would be my guess. Nope. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Jeff Saturday. Oops. How old did you think he was? I think he's like thirty nine. He's forty seven. <laughs> when did he retire? Like ten years ago. Good lord. Okay, I was gonna say I feel like it's kind of weird to have like a player that just retired, but I was way off on him. <laughs> way off on him. It, you know, it probably is because Peyton Manning retired, was it seven years ago at this point? So it's probably me thinking like, oh, just sorry, I can't be that much. But like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, my underdog, the Washington Commanders. They got a lot going on right now. The uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, um, Attorney General just uh, is suing. He's suing. I don't know if it was suing. I don't know if it was uh, filed a lawsuit. Lawsuit. There it is. Um, the commanders, Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell. So, or the NFL as a whole, Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder. Whoa, that's there's a lot going on there. I don't think it'll affect the football team too much. I hope it doesn't because it they're playing. They're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. They're playing the best team in the NFL right now. They're going. They're going to. Um, are they Lincoln Financial? Yep. Lincoln Financial Stadium Field. Lincoln Financial. Is it Field or Stadium? Field. God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a little off right now. Snap into it. Going to Lincoln Financial Field. Why in the world am I taking a double-digit dog, 11 points, against the Philadelphia Eagles who have bashed these teams in? Well, folks, it's one, it's one simple reasoning. This is the NFL. You are not going to beat every team you should. Look at the Buffalo Bills against the Jets. The Buffalo Bills are a better team than the Jets, but they didn't win. Why? It's because this is the NFL. These are grown men, professionals playing the sport. You're not going to beat every team you should. The Eagles will slip up against a team that is not the Dallas Cowboys because the Cowboys are on the same level uh, as the Eagles are in terms of talent-wise. The rest of the teams that they play on their schedule really aren't. They're going to lose one of those games because this is the NFL. I'm trying to pick my spot. It's Monday night. The Commanders are kind of a shysty team. I, I hate that I keep saying shysty. Ha I got you to do it. Um, the Commanders are kind of a sneaky team. They keep games close. They got they got a quarterback who's really who plays and Taylor Heineke who plays with like he's got nothing to lose and he doesn't. That's the truth of it. They've got a dynamic running back in Antonio Gibson. They got a power back in Brian Robinson who's kind of iffy right now. He hasn't really made the made the step that I thought he was going to. But their receiving room and, and Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin is starting to starting to gel a little bit um, with 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 Mr. Heineke back there. I just think that this could be a spot where we sit here and it's like it's like when the when the um, Redskins at the time or the football team I don't know what they were beat the eleven and no Steelers. It's like oh my gosh, what an upset! I think they were the football team at this time. What an upset! Oh my goodness! I mean, really, we all knew the Steelers were fraudulent, or at least most of us did. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, but that's what this kind of feels like. It's like it's going to happen at some point. I feel like this is a pretty good spot. They are coming off of Thursday. So the Eagles are. So they have a mini buy. Um, they have a little bit more time to prep. I don't know. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna play down to the competition a little bit. And I think Taylor Heineke might lead a game-winning drive. And it's like boom, 
Commanders, they did it. Huh? How about us? We'll see. Um, I wanted to be a little bit different with my underdog this week, to be quite I honest like with it. you. It's a big so, pick. You'll get an, oh, no, you don't get an extra point. No, we don't get, ever, get extra points. We just pick them straight up. Yep. It, it is what it is. It's the NFL. Win your games, right? Win your games. I would like an extra point. I know you would, but I, I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Fair That's enough. That's all we got. Fair enough. You good? Yep. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Sorry. got So I want to address this real quick. Sorry. It's pretty dark in here. Um, our apartment lighting is terrible. One, two, the window, the sun, yeah. it comes directly in our faces at this time. The only time we can film. And then three, it's five o'clock right now as we film and the sun is Damn daylight savings. Set. So it, this is kind of going to be how the lighting is for, um, for a co- one of these shows a week because of, you know, the time we have to really film these, I. As long as we're able to get picks um, and uh, our takeaway show done on Monday and Wednesday at like two, three, we'll be okay lighting wise. But these Civil War episodes might might be a little dark, so we'll keep that. We'll just keep that in mind when you're watching. We'll try to do what we can to to fix it. But uh, let me tell you, if we turn on, we have one light. I don't know if you guys can see, but the one light is right there uh, in our apartment. It is not a very good light, and if we if we turn it on, it just wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't do anything. It's too weird because it's like in that part of the room. So. Exactly. So it's just a poorly designed apartment. It is what it is. I just wanted to let you know so we don't get comments saying, hey, it's dark out or your room is dark. Yeah, we know it's dark. Okay. We're doing our best here with what we're working with. It just sucks that our, our, our apartment window is literally directly in line with the sun and we can't open the shades. Otherwise, we will not be able to see. But you should comment though. We'd like to hear what you have to say. Comment, but not about our lighting situation. Comment whatever, whatever the hell you want. I don't right? want, no. I don't want that you're because. Sick, you're a little bit insecure about it. Because there's nothing I can do about it. I'm looking at you and I can see, I can see the cat, the sh- shadow cast on our wall from the, from the ring light. Like, I, it's like, it is what it is. Okay, people. It's a janky setup, but it's what we got. Okay. If you don't like it, shut up. Nobody actually said anything about it, so you're right. I am a little bit insecure about it, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Catch you on the flip. See ya.